It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Lee. And my name is Mike Royer. <laughs> and Mike is turning into a voice actor on the podcast today. Uh, this week, Deadpool and Wolverine are going through the multiverse. Was that your voices? Was one of them Deadpool and Wolverine? No, I, I honestly don't know what it was. Okay, perfect. <laughs> cool, cool. He's, he's, he's jacked up on Mountain Dew. We'll talk about that here yeah, in a minute. I got, yeah, I got candy corn mouth. Yeah, he does. Uh, Indiana Jones spinoff is Doomed. Temp- Temple of Doom? <laughs> okay, it's a strategy. I get it. Uh, if you've not seen everything, everywhere, all at once, this is a movie you have to see now, um, and and we'll talk more about this later, because uh, I use this abbreviation everywhere, because I'm like, I'm not typing this movie title out, but, <laughs> but it is it is worth seeing, and more. Yeah, I, I want it noted for the record on the podcast today hmm. that um, I am recording with my glasses on today, oh. which means all of my uh, observations and just cinematic knowledge will just be extra astute this episode so just imagine this voice coming at you with glasses but also i'm drinking a mountain dew from 2019 so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a contradiction i suppose it's a re-release it's It's not from 2019 i just want to put that out there it's 2019's flavor yeah chris told me it was candy corn flavor and i love candy corn and it's really good it kind of without context knowing the flavor because that's how these mountain dew voodoos work you don't get to know the flavor mm-hmm. it just kind of tastes like a cream soda to me yep. which is good not a bad thing so yeah uh, i have i have one more left in the chamber one more can so i drank the typhoon one last week i yep. think so next week it'll be the voodoo 2020 varietal yeah. so tune in next week if you want to hear me yeah. drink that i guess yeah uh, next week um uh, so today we, if you're listening to this on a sunday congratulations you're listening to an early recording of us because i am traveling for work last minute to north carolina on sunday and mike has been so gracious to come in on saturday with me to record this and by come in i mean literally we're both at the same place uh, as we normally do this at wouldn't that be great if we had like a studio that we yeah. both commuted to short commutes obviously oh, yeah. because we're not crazy you know mm-hmm. this is a this is a fantasy in our head so i yeah. want it to be an easy commute yeah. uh, you know ideally a walk down the sidewalk yeah uh, you know honestly when we started this show uh started playing this in 2014 we were like we can't do video because our bandwidth can't handle it you know how far internet and computers have come since we started this <laughs> i'm like yeah, you know we I- could probably have a screen up and look at each other going forward if we ever wanted yeah. to but Honestly, if we if we if we ever really want to throw down and start to compete in the podcast landscape, we'll probably have to pivot to video at yeah. some point in time. But we, as of right now, you can't see my glasses, and that's just yeah. gonna how that's just gonna be how it is. <laughs> well, I will I will also say, um, YouTube now has a podcast section they launched this week. So if you're a YouTuber, uh, YouTube now has podcasts, which is you know mostly for video podcasts. But we record a video. I'm looking at it right now, which will be up there for you to watch if you if you like to watch podcasts on YouTube. Um, the other thing I was going to say, it'll, it'll lead into our first thing, is um, I'm next week will be a later Sunday recording because I will be coming home from Chicago from C2E2. But we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, Mike, do you know, what, you know what this weekend was again? 
Uh, this was a John Wick week. It was a John Wick. It's another John. Mike watched John Wick one last week, and I watched John Wick four this weekend. So um, speed running the franchise. <laughs> yes, right. We're we're all over the place. It's like what when this when you watch Star Wars, you do the machete cut, right? You go like mm-hmm. four, five, two, three, six. So we're just, Mike's doing one, I'm doing four. But John Wick four, chapter four is now out in theaters. Um, and I remember um, again, like the last week watching the third one in theaters. Um, what I will say about four, not ruining this at all. Four is actually it it changed up the formula a little bit for the for the movie franchise. Um, like in a good way. All the action's still there, but I I applaud them for making this a tight story, like kind of like the first one, a very tight story, right? Uh, someone on a mission doing something, and um, they it's not the same stuff over and over again. So I I really. I really appreciate that, Mike. So if you get, if anyone gets a chance to watch John Wick four, if you're a John Wick fan, you're gonna watch four. Yeah. But four was it's, visually beautiful as well. They they played a lot with the it, colors. It's a hundred percent on the agenda in this household yeah. to see John Wick four. But it is uh, after kind of reminiscing about the franchise, just after watching the first one last week, and you know me envisioning it through a fresh set of eyes, like my wife. It is kind of like the it, the first one does wrap up very nicely, like mm-hmm. in a little bow. And I don't think the the creators of the movie thought this thing was going to turn into a franchise. So they've actually done a pretty good job, you know, pivoting, you know, into a broader story, right? When you kind of have this kind of simple, like, almost like revenge fantasy in the first one. And now they're, like, building out this whole universe oh, yeah. and trying to figure out where John goes next. So I'm looking forward to it as well. And it's always fun. I feel like John Wick is... Uh, more popular than it's ever been. It's like been slowly growing as each film has come out yeah. to the point where now I see people post like Instagram stories in my feed of like, oh, so excited for John Wick this week. And I look at the person, I'm like, I did not expect you of all people, yeah. you know, to be a John Wick fan. So they got, everyone kind of comes out of the woodwork when there's a new John Wick movie, which is fun. Yeah. Every, every, who doesn't love Keanu Reeves, Mike? That's the thing. Like, who doesn't like the guy? He's good in, in movies. He's good outside of movies. Um, I- I just scrolled past a, a headline not long ago that said he did 90% of his own stunts in the fourth yeah. film. So good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. Uh, this one's a jaunt, again, across the globe, which the first one's not, right? It's, like, very, like, contained. So they, mm. they've spanned the globe, and there's lots and lots. I think I think the color palette in this one, I would say, is really fun. Like, if I, like that's weird to say out loud, but I really love the color palette in this one. So, um yeah, if you get a chance to watch that, that's fun. Um, the other thing I was going to say is Diablo 4 weekend again. So I've been playing that uh, to my heart's content before this. So, um, so that was fun. Uh, so I yeah, found, I found I found out through uh, PlayStation streaming, whatever streaming service I have on PlayStation. I, that's probably not a good thing that I can't remember the name of. Is it, it like PlayStation but, Now or something like that, or PS Plus? Yeah, something like that. But I can get uh, like apparently the first five hours of Cyberpunk. I can yep. just stream it for free. So I think I might be doing that. That might be the next yeah. game I'm finally getting into. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, like I, said, I own Cyberpunk. I haven't played it enough, but I do know uh, the game has come a long way since its disastrous launch. Um, mm-hmm. I even lived in a different house whenever that came out. So um, yeah, definitely come come a long way. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into what I was talking about. C2E2, Mike Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, my favorite Comic Con because it's um, one of the biggest. I think it's in like top ten in America. One of the top ten biggest. Um, they, they attract a lot of names and it's like a five hour drive. It's a nice little getaway, you know, on there. And supposedly this year, um, because it's on the end of March, beginning of April, it might be a little warm rather than the freezing February that it's usually (laughs) in. 
Um, so very, very excited for this. Uh, if anyone, you know, again, probably no one's going to make last minute plans to get up there, but it's going to be great. I'm excited to visit, you know, all the, the comic creators to go down the booths, see what's for sale. Um, meet, meet the celebrities. Um, I know I, I put this in here because, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, I, I think C2 has gained a lot of, I guess, celebrity guests this year. Like the entire Avatar, the last airbender voice cast will be there. Um, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the main um, voice actors will be there. Uh, the Boy Meets World, Boy Meets Girl, cla- uh, girl cast. Um, I'm getting my photo with Chris Evans, Captain America himself. Um, Na- the actor who played Namor will be there. They just announced um, Quantumania, the Catherine Newton who played, um, I guess, um, the daughter of. Uh, um, I can't think. Scott Lang will be there uh, on Sunday. They they just keep adding more and more. I'm like, well, this is fantastic. I'm I'm very very excited to be there, Mike. Um, so the most the most important question, Chris. Yes. Is you're going to be in Chicago? So what weird Chicago food? A Chicago dog, hot eat? dog. That's because Chicago down. food is weird. I'm not saying it's not delicious. I yeah. grew up very close to Chicago, but all the food in Chicago is weird. You yeah. have the hot dog with the most bizarre toppings I've ever mm-hmm. seen, with poppy seeds on the bun. There is like no other hot dog in the universe that has like a special bun. It's like only yeah. in Chicago. And then if you've watched the bear on FX, you know, you got the uh, the Italian beef sandwich, which is just like wet, sloppy beef on bread, which I say again is delicious. And then we all know about the pizza. And I feel like there's one other thing. Oh, yeah. The Chicago mixed popcorn, which is caramel okay. popcorn and cheese. Like oh, yeah. I said, yep. all of this food is delicious. It's just weird. So oh, which yeah. weird one. You said the, oh, hot it, dog? It, the, hot, the Chicago dog is my favorite hot dog. And I don't know what it is about it. Um, it, it's, there's a Portillo's up there. I went to, I think last year, um, we, we waited in line or some people, uh, maybe at a, at a, something I went to, um, it was really delicious. What I, the poppy seed buns, the weird part, cause I don't think that adds any flavor in my opinion. I'm like, this is interesting, but you it's eat with your eyes first, Chris, it's the neon green relish that they put oh, on yeah. there. Like it's, it's not just relish. It's neon green relish. Well, and I think they're low. I think they're putting extra sugar in that relish. I don't even right. know if sugar goes in relish, but they're putting it in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's got, um, you know, a peppercini on top there for a little, little spice, um, some, some tomato, um, and I believe I believe it's mustard, right? Uh, there's no other sauces on it, so um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just fantastic. I don't know what it is about it. It's a combination of things you wouldn't think to put on a hot dog, but I, I just love it to death, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. Um, I will say, um, you know, mentioned you know, I had my birthday. My wife got me the uh, co- volume one and two collection of Bill Amin's Foxtrot, the the comic from the newspaper that ran for a while. Foxtrot is very integral to my childhood. Absolutely. Same here. And Bill Emmond will be at C2E2. So I'm going to take that up there to get a sign. That's awesome. Yeah. I I was like, I was like, Ooh, a comic strip writer. That's, that's new. That's new for me. Um, I'd like to get in that. So I'm going to go get that, those books signed by him because I just love like his stuff. I remember, do you remember when the colored Max came out? The, when Mm -hmm. they were like the IMAX color ones and then he had a whole strip because the youngest son's a tech kid or whatever. And the mom keeps it was it was that and the mom keeps putting the CD in and putting it out and putting it out and putting it out. And she's and she's like the last the last strip the panel was like it's not even warm, 
because she's a CD burner. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, uh, it's funny. So I was. It's funny. I was going to bring up the same thing about Foxtrot. It's fun to read the strips over generations because all of the characters stay like exactly the same, but yeah. the computer in the house is like the one thing that changes. Uh-huh. So, like you said, he had like you have like the bubbly Mac back in the day, but now if you're reading a more of a modern Foxtrot strip, Jason's computer is like a thin like iMac type of screen now. Yeah. So uh, always always appreciate a. Uh, an old, an old comic strip man keeping up with the times. Yeah, exactly. And, and all five of the family members, right? They all were archetypes that we could all relate to. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just fantastic. So um, he'll be at C two E two. Very excited. If anyone else is going, again, reach out to me um, through through Instagram, Valdan eighty seven. I will be there. Um, really, just kind of it's, it's my like my mini vacation. Like I love it. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, look forward to that. But let's shift over to Star Wars. We mentioned the Clone Wars voice actors being there. And I guess, you know, um, some of the Bad Batch voice actors. But um, Star Wars, uh, Stephen Knight, the creator of the show Peaky Blinders, which I've only heard good things about, take has taken over as scriptwriter on the upcoming Star Wars movie that was previously um, being written by Damon Lindelof. Um, so I don't think he's adjusting the draft. I think uh, Stephen Knight is, like, completely starting over from scratch on this movie which yeah like i mean we we have it here in in the notes as well but i feel like all things star wars i'm just like waiting for star wars celebration because we've had ever since um oh uh the return of skywalker is that what the last one was called uh no uh, the uh revenge of skywalker the the, the last uh, skywalker (laughs) no it's the last jedi the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, ever since that last movie, like there's just been nothing but projects like swirling around. So I've just like, like feature wise, obviously, yeah. right? Uh, so I've just like been waiting for the dust to settle, and it sounds like, sounds like it's finally settling here soon. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I, I mean, the thing about this is, well, you know, we are reporting on this. This isn't anything from Star Wars officially. Um, so like that's what we really need, right? We need Star Wars uh, celebration is London um, to come out and tell us what it is. Uh, and who's working on it? Because you know, we we talked about, I believe, um, one of the the director of the Miss Marvel show is supposed to be the director for this movie. Um, she's still attached as the director with just a new writer. Where where does this take place? I need to go make that timeline for Mike on Star Wars. Still, um, yes, <laughs> where that takes place. Um, which is, I thought about that it was because my other one's Marvel release schedule, and this one's Star Wars actual timeline, not release schedule. Yes, but. Um, so yeah, that that's we just need the information. The other news from a um, very very, I guess verified source, is that three new movies are expected to be announced at Star Wars Celebration London, and I can tell you we've already covered a lot of movies. So the ones left are this mainline Star Wars movie, right, written by Stephen Knight, uh, Taika Waititi's movie, and then um, the Sean Levy, who's working on Deadpool three currently, right, um, is is also has a movie that he will be. Uh, working on as well in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's like, I'm just, I want to see some sort of just overall, like, narrative or strategy. Because even though we've been getting some good Star Wars stuff on Disney+, Plus, I don't particularly see a strategy behind any of it. It's just Mm. like, they brought in creatives and, like, what kind of Star Wars story do you want to tell? And they just seem to be picking a point in the timeline that they're interested in, you know, working around a character or type of character that they want to do. And they say, okay, go ahead and go and do it. 
which sounds like blissful creative freedom right but from the audience perspective i'm just like where am i kind of supposed to be like focusing right it's like i get very confused like and i do this podcast every week and i still get confused like when i'm watching mando like is what part of the timeline is he in Uh, again talking about that timeline chris so like i would love star wars celebration to like really set like all right this is where we're going to be telling our next 10 years of stories from. We're going all in on, like, High Republic. You know, we're leaving Ray, Finn, and Poe behind, and we're just going back in time, and we're just going to settle in here for a while. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're going to go for- forward, even yeah. past Ray, well, and deal with these yeah. galaxy outsiders that are immune to the Force. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I just I just need some concrete I- goalposts. Well, I, th- I think the last time they gave us goalposts, uh, you know, they, they did exactly that, right? They're like, we're having Star Wars every two years for six years, right? Or every year for, for six years, including Rogue One and Solo. The problem with that was there was no one, like we, we always talk about DC, no one was driving that Star Wars ship, right? They were mm-hmm. like, J.J. Abrams, you need to come in and revitalize it. And he did. He, he made a movie that made a billion dollars. All the all movies, all three of them made billions of dollars. But it, it, when you're looking from a story point of view, right, they all were not connected because nobody was really driving that Star Warship like George Lucas used to do, right? He was like, this is, even though we can sit here and be like, well, we don't love the prequels, they at least had the consistent story across all three of them, right? Like the 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 Galactic Senate turning into the, or, yeah, the Senate Republic turning into the Empire and the fall of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, they all were very, very consistent. By the time we got this, like, you know, I think The Last Jedi picks up some good stuff from the first movie, but by the time J.J. Abrams came back, he was like, out of hell with this middle movie. I'm going to do whatever I want, right? We have a planet full of Star Destroyers we've never told you about. Oh, and Palpatine's alive. Uh, mm. And so I'm like, who is, we need someone, whether it's, it's Dave Filoni. They say Dave Filoni's doing this, or like, hey, we've got a creative, or somebody who is running this ship, who is in charge of these goalposts and can, you know, do good things. I think that's what really what we need. At, at Star Wars, like you said, throw some dates down. Where's it going to be? But like, these are the three. Even give us the titles. Like, you know, Marvel even gives us the titles, right? Like, we know the next two, two Avengers movies titles right out the gate. Um, so I think like if they give us that, like, oh, this is their plan, and now we can follow their story and what they want to tell, rather than just like hope we get three cohesive stories again um, that mm-hmm. may or may not work. So I, I agree with you. I, I mean. You know, I I think the Mandalorian is what it is. That that is their little universe. They started in one part and they haven't really adjusted too much from that. And then I, I applaud them for that. But you know, again, that's that's still a continuation of the Clone Wars for Dave Filoni. He's like, yep, I'm pulling my characters into this uh, live action piece, um, mm-hmm. given the chance with that. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited for some Star Wars announcements. Right? Like, I want to know more. I want to. I want to know um, I, the skeleton crew. We're going to talk about here in a minute. That's like I got a big question mark. The acolyte. Where do these things exist, and, and what what is their long term goal for these these shows mm-hmm. and movies? So into the skeleton crew um, series coming up, starring Jude Law, um, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheinert. I believe I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. Um, who are the directors of they they won best directors right for at the Academy the da- Awards the Daniels as I yes. think most Hollywood refers to them as yeah this movie um, everything everywhere all at once they directed this movie that came out last year under the radar absolutely out of nowhere um, swept a lot of the Oscars right you know mm-hmm. um, you know, best best actress the, best supporting like actress the, best supporting the actress. most winning movie uh, not of all time but I think. 
they say like in recent history. Yeah. Like that's just it just it annihilated the Oscars in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and again, this is like, you know, I wouldn't say a, a big win for indie films, right? But like this was not a, a studio production. Like there there's mm-hmm. no there's no universe. Uh, there's no ulterior motive. They weren't selling toys. This was this seemed more like a real passion project for the directors, the Daniels, and um, they are been hired to direct an episode, or they had been hired to direct a episode of Skeleton Crew well before they won anything or this movie even mm-hmm. came out. So um, they will have their fingerprints on this show, and I think that adds some eyeballs to the show uh, when it comes out eventually on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, it really yeah it makes you wonder where the Daniels go next right uh, I'm no Daniels expert but I've seen their last two movies which was everything everywhere and uh, Swiss Army Man both mm-hmm. great films but you know the uh, smaller right not main scale and if you see the the churn of Hollywood and what happens you know you bring up these smaller ish directors and you put them in charge of like you know like multi-million bazillion dollar projects right so i I see some people out there already like rubbing the crystal ball like oh is are they testing them to see if they can you know do like a marvel movie are they gonna are they gonna direct secret wars or something like that no no uh, i mean i don't i don't know possibly i mean but like it, it always feels like internet thinking right you know the internet always goes for the most obvious answer which is not always wrong right but just because they their last movie was a multiversal movie doesn't mean they go direct the yeah. next multiversal movie so I, I don't know I was like I feel like do I want them to do more of their own stuff from their own wheelhouse of original stuff or do I want oh. them to put their fingerprints on like franchises I, that I really like I'm not I, sure I would like to see them do smaller stuff right television like see how they handle a television show or, or maybe a couple episodes like an arc of a show um, I did pull up here I did want to put Daniel Kwan uh, by himself directed one an episode of Legion uh, when it was out on on sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, in the in the later half but I always remember that like the biggest thing that I, I remember from and, and uh, not Swiss Army Man and not everything all at once is they directed that damn music video for Turn yeah, Down Turn, for What? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I watched it not knowing who they were or anything about it years ago. I'm like, this is just wild. Uh, these, these people are just crazy. And I think, you know, that outside of the box thinking, that energy, they just they just nailed it. And I'm like, that, you know, that's cool. You, you know where out of the box thinking and energy is desperately needed? I think I would like to see them involved in the James Bond franchise. They're going to need to reignite that thing and get it going with a fresh perspective because like that, that franchise is like one of the older, like from a bad point of view that Mm -hmm. I can think of, of just like, it's like dusty in a way, like, like Daniel Craig kind of brought it back a little bit, but yeah, put a little Daniels yeah. energy into that. That could be fun. Uh, well, well, I don't disagree with you. I don't think they wear enough suits to be the director of one of those movies. I think, <laughs> I think the broccoli family um, really, really want people wearing suits to direct that movie. Yeah, um, I want, I want the next James Bond movie to make people mad. <laughs> I like, you know, before they go see it, right? There's headlines of just like. Someone complaining about it being woke or someone saying that mm-hmm. James Bond would never wear that kind of tux and maybe Dri- or drive. Driving. He's driving an electric car this time. Oh, around. yeah. An electric yeah. car. But it's like a like from Ford or something. Yeah. Like it's just like I want to see somebody just like 
<laughs> ruin uh, James Bond for the don't, fans would be so funny. Don't maybe. don't tempt them, but uh, yeah, I, I think James Bond. I mean, you bring up a good point. I think James Bond needs something, but whether I think I I would like for them to maintain that creative creativity control of, of what they want to do. So I'm not gonna say. I don't want to tie them to any project at all, right? Like anything that I've, I've seen out of Marvel. But I think they their names will come up probably if the Skeleton Crew is is warmly received, maybe on a Marvel, like a Disney Plus show down the road, right? Something yeah. something with that. The, so. the truth of the matter is, is they probably are receiving every yeah. project they could ever want to do right now after yep. sweeping the Oscars. And they have never seen like blank checks this yeah. big before. Uh, so they can, they're literally going to be able to do whatever they want. So they got yeah. lots of decisions to make and mm-hmm. I hope it's not stressing them out too much. Yeah. And <laughs> if you get a chance, again, I think both of us would, would highly recommend uh, watching everything everywhere all at once. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, if it's a, it's a movie with a great story, but also contains a lot of science fiction. So Mm-hmm. You can you can get both of your fixes in on that. Um, I, I don't know where it's streaming, um, but it's probably out somewhere by now at this point. I think it's worth the rental or the purchase, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's shift gears. Talk some Marvel stuff. Um, people who are quirky who get you know big blank checks. James Gunn, right? Like uh, he was like that for Marvel. <laughs> well, he writes the checks now. <laughs> yeah, he does. He is his, his names are signing the checks. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is rumored to be around two hours and twenty nine minutes long. My currently, um, this is what people are saying, which is one of the longer MCU movies. That's I think that they said it's like twelve minutes longer than the last Guardians movie. But when you're wrapping up a trilogy, you don't want to sell it short. Right, wrapping you, up a chill trilogy, killing off a main character for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. You gotta leave time for the for us to mourn in there, right? Exactly. Um, they they kind of did that with the last one, so that was good. But also at the same time, like, you know, um, my my assumption is, and and you might agree, this is James Gunn's last Marvel project, um, ever, if not for a very yeah. very long time. If he directs a small, like holiday special again with the Guardians or whatever's left of them, but like I I figure this is his last project. So like, hey. You know, if you can keep a tight story, here's your. You can have two hours, yeah. two and a half hours. Con- considering this is his last Marvel project, last, last with the Guardians, and admittedly last of this incarnation of the Guardians, yep. uh, it kind of makes me wonder what the end credit scenes look like, right? Mm-hmm. I could almost see a position where maybe they just go with one after credit scene, right? Because, and it just maybe hints to maybe where the characters go after this, because I imagine this is going to be very emotional, yeah. uh, right? But if they do after credit scenes, I wonder if James Gunn's even involved with it in any way at all, right? No. Because he's not going to be around to do anything with any of the other characters. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe these two clips that we see during the credits will just be fully just a uh, well just marvel I, I think one will be his i think it'll be a funny one he always does like the funny one right like there like that's not like storytelling but like includes the characters i i think they're gonna he's gonna want to do a very funny uh, quirky i'm trying quirky to rem- one. i'm trying to remember the after credit scene in guardians 2 but wasn't there one with like was was a teenage group was he was he no. the after credit scene in volume two? No, no, it was. It, um, what's his name? Um, his brother had the whistle. He was doing the whistle arrow thing, and they were like trying to. Yeah. They were trying okay. to do the whistling thing, and it wasn't working out for him. Um, because what was what was the other one was the 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 golden the Adam warlock. Yeah, scene that's right. Was the other one so, mm-hmm. um, and then we had you know dancing Groot uh, over over the first the first one, um. So I, I think he, you know he'll he'll do that, but like you know two and a half hours, it's it's gonna be a 
I didn't think this movie, the trailer doesn't make the movie look that long, but you know, who, who do I know? What, what are they hiding from us? What are they not showing us? What do you so, know, Chris? You've only know. recorded 417 of these episodes with well, me. <laughs> we, we have gone through um, an entire Ant-Man trilogy uh, doing our podcast <laughs> and almost a Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. It started mm-hmm. like right before we, we did this. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd be excited to see, in Guardians Three, I think the the ending involves two things, Mike. Either one is a celestial, like the Celestials have something to do with this, right? Because nowhere is a celestial head. Or two, do we meet a multiversal Guardians at the end, like it's like an incursion, and we meet like some weird versions of the Guardians as they get towards Maybe. Secret Wars? So it'll be fun. Speaking of alternate versions of things, uh, Deadpool 3, the rumor, um, and I've seen this before, and I think we might have even talked about it on the show, uh, coming back up is uh, Owen Wilson's Agent Mobius, and Miss Minutes will appear in the movie as um, Deadpool and Wolverine take on the TVA from Loki. Yeah, this one has been fun for me to think about, right? Because it just kind of makes me reminisce on Loki and the TVA in general. And I, I think... The TVA is the last kind of thing in Marvel that has kind of made me like really excited about like the possibilities of where it could go. Mm. Uh, you know, this last phase of Marvel has kind of been very meh for me, unfortunately. It's had some highs, but like overall, I just haven't been so plussed about it. But the TVA is just like so interesting to me because it's probably the most concrete kind of idea about like multiversal consequences right and they've really fleshed it out with like characters that have stories and they're just like these variants that kind of need jobs and it's just very interesting to me so um it reminded me also it has been a millennia since i have seen deadpool 2 and i kid you not chris i forgot until you brought it up last week on the podcast I believe it was last week that Deadpool tra- time travels at the end of that movie. Yeah. I had a hundred percent forgotten about that. So now that that's come back up and these like rumors are, are popping up like, Oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Deadpool is exactly the type of character that Mobius would be, uh, tracking down to stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you know, uh, you know Ryan Reynolds, it, uh, his character. I'm trying to remember yeah. what the human Wade Wilson. Of, Wade Wilson, yeah. Like he does not, he does not give a shit what he's yeah. doing in time. He has like no well, concept of like morals. Yeah. So I think that's just gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Well, right, and and like you know they killed off his girlfriend at the end of the last one. Right, he has no attachments. He took cables, saying he's bouncing around. He went, literally took everything in the end of that movie was so meta time travel, right? Or multiversal mm-hmm. travel. He was like, I'm going to go kill off the version from X-Men Origins Wolverine. And then he was like, um, they, the Green Lantern script, right? Like he even did that. Like he skewered the whole multiversal uh, time travel thing. I got to re I got to rewatch this movie, man. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's very good. It's prime for that. That, that gives, um, a lot of people are like, well, how does Logan fit into this? Because you know, it's the end of Logan. I'm like, they're time traveling, right? Like literally they can go pick up Hugh Jackman out of anywhere. Hugh Jackman at any moment looks younger than he did in Logan, right? Like (laughs) they aged him up and made him like old and, and you know, for a reason. So like they can literally pick him up and take him everywhere. Um, and it's with us. It's going to be such a great buddy cop combo. Like the script is almost writing itself, right? Wolverine playing the straight guy, Deadpool comic relief. The, the tension there is already hilarious. 
And I even like the idea that maybe Mobius shows up and like looks at Logan and it's just like, uh, sorry, I'm sorry to tell you this guy, but you're supposed to be dead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're not supposed to be alive. And maybe like that's kind of like the wink nod of the audience of just like, oh, we get it. We killed Logan no. off, but not really. Um, and this is like the best version. Like we, we brought this up years ago, right? When Fox was uh, being purchased by Disney, we're like Deadpool is the perfect type of character to like live in this limbo because he can do whatever he wants. And yep. it, everything's just feeling just so like, oh, I just it just feels so perfect. And, and, um, and he knows he's in a movie. He's referenced different universes before. Right. Like he's like when he's like professor, he's like, which one? You know, McAvoy or um, Stewart. So, like, he knows all this stuff. And you're like, this would be fantastic to have him. And knowing that it's R-rated, right, with Wolverine's claws and Deadpool's, you know, lethal actions. Like, I want to see this really lean into that quite a bit. I, I do wonder, though, one thing that makes me slightly nervous is I feel like this project, Deadpool 3, you know, in pre-production, right, pre-pre-pre-production, started well before anybody really knew exactly what the multiverse was going to look like for Marvel. So I am curious how many rewrites the script has gone through. And I'm not saying movies don't do that normally, mm -hmm. right? It always happens normally. But I do wonder what the very first version of the script of the movie looks like. Is it something totally different? You know, is it not really interwoven a whole lot with the MCU? And it's developed over time because i i believe like different writers have been brought on for this script over the years now that it's been in a uh, pre pre-production so yeah because i'm not i'm not super worried but i am gonna kind of be kind of keeping an eye out so the um original writers and we talked about this were, were uh was it the molyneux sisters or yeah so they were they were on it and then um they brought in reese and warnick which i think were the deadpool 2 writers right like they brought mm -hmm. them back in so i would say I would lean even more into like, you know, probably less rewrites, a lot more like we skewered this so hard. We don't need to rewrite it because we know we're not like the yeah. end credit scene might be the best, like, you know, connection to secret wars or whatever, but like yeah. we're, we then, don't need to uh, worry about it. Well, and then they brought in Sean Levy, who he's kind of one of those directors that I feel like puts his stamp on the film. Mm -hmm. more than a lot of other directors out there, especially when it comes to superhero movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Levy gets in there and, you know, puts his, um, you know, fingerprints on the script. So uh, crossing my fingers that it all yeah. turns out great. But uh, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more excited for Deadpool 3 yeah. than I was waiting for Deadpool 2 to come out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what's fun is, again, to bring this all together, Mike, the directors of Deadpool, the director of Deadpool two is the directors of John Wick, right? Like this, Deadpool mm -hmm. is a a I guess a direct descendant of the John Wick franchise uh, throughout <laughs> this. So, and I think that's that's pretty funny and like you know um, kind kind of relevant, like the hyper violence and everything. That you know, why do we love John Wick? Because it's the revenge porn, right? And you know, Deadpool kind of leans into that a little bit too, and it, and it knows that it does along the way. So um, I'm excited. Again, Hugh Jackman. I, I love, and just to wrap this up, I love the two things. All the Deadpool movies have referenced Hugh Jackman as Wolverine without saying it, right? Like, they, they like, literally poked him, like, you know, rhymes with Pulverine and stuff like that. Um, and then literally the Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, like, it's not, they're not at each other, but the, how they poke fun at each other on social media is really great. Like, the dynamic between them, I think, is just going to carry on the screen that much better uh, for us to see.
Uh, but speaking of Loki, um, Owen Wilson was out there. He says that season two is going to release a late summer or around September um, of this year, which lines up with everything I think we've ever said. So, all right, um, I'm ready for it. As we, ju- as you just heard me uh, reminisce about Loki season one in the last topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always pull up my timeline. Did did, did we get this right? Uh, Loki season two. I have it literally starting the end of July and August. So this, this makes sense. That would be in that window. So, um, I, I'm very excited. We, we, again, um, I guess, spoiler alert, uh, the, the end, one of the end things of, of Ant-Man three is just a scene from Loki. It's not even like a direct thing. It looks like they just cut the scene from Loki and put it in here. Right. Um, so I, I imagine we'll see this all over again, but I'm very excited to, to go back into, to Loki. I was on Reddit the other day, Mike, and someone tried to make this ultimate timeline of how to watch all the Marvel movies, TV shows, one shots in order. And I'm like, look, no. oh, I was, oh, I, so I had to step in. I'm like, hold on a second. None of these TV shows matter. Like, you need to get Agents of Shield and like Cloak and Dagger, like in, in the Runaways. Get them out of here. Nobody, nobody needs to watch these to to know what's going on. I uh, feel like now the ultimate Marvel timeline watch list. It's like, it's not really narratively fun anymore it's more like are you going to like a trivia night and you absolutely have to win or like somebody's gonna break your legs so so it seems like the only only reason you i've done marvel trivia nights and those people running that are stupid as hell uh i did not have a good time but the the i guess the point of that is i was like hey you know marvel for for everyone who doesn't marvel has an official timeline to watch on disney plus you go there and it will show you all the episodes and tv shows that are officially in marvel in order there right um, the, the real question, and, and yeah, I had a friendly conversation with people on the internet, believe that or not, uh, mm-hmm. was like, Loki, technically, like you have to create a multiverse timeline now, right, since the start of Phase 4. Because Loki technically picks up immediately at Avengers, right, because that's where he, he stole the cube and they, they, they cold mm-hmm. him with the TVA. And then it's like, supposed to be taking place also at the end of time because they kill He Who Remains. And you're like, this is all over the place. How do you how do you fit this show in your timeline, right? So I'm mm. like, if I was to tell anyone where to watch Loki, just watch it when it released, like in release order, right? Because like right after Endgame, because you'll understand Endgame, this is what they were doing, yeah. and I can watch I, Loki. Yeah, and I know this kind of almost feels like a pointless topic because uh, I feel like we're preaching to the choir for listening to this podcast. But sometimes if, if you just find somebody right, that has never, for example, like experienced star Wars before. Right. And they're just like, Oh, what order should you watch it then? I'm always the type of person that says, watch it in release order because you're getting it in historical context of how the rest of the world experienced it. Right. So you understand when you go back and like watch something like the prequels, like this is why people had certain opinions the way that they are. And you understand maybe more narratively how the story was uh, built. Yeah. And and in that situation, which is a great example, you know, you're also watching effects evolve, right? Like Mm -hmm. a, a movie shot in 70, between 77 and 83 looks way different than a completely CGI movie. He made 97 to 2000. And you own five. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then also the newer ones, they, they all, you're seeing an evolution of effects and like trying to mix them together or like going from episode one back to the old ones and back to the new ones. You're like, I, I'm, you're getting whiplash trying to keep up with how films look when they're in the same narrative. So, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, for me, I'm also like, hey, you know, I, I like a machete. If you're looking for story, we'll do a machete cut. But if you're looking for like, hey, don't want to overwhelm someone for the very, very first time. Yeah, just start at the beginning, like when they came out and go from there. You'll be fine. 
It's like watching Iron Man, like, right? Iron Man. Like, you don't want to... Even though Captain Marvel and Captain America take place before, Iron Man 1 changes so much between Iron Man 1 and Endgame, like, his suits and how he, like, is as a person. Like, you're like, just watch from the beginning. You'll be fine. You (laughs) You don't need to shuffle this around at all. But we're going to get into Marvel Studios a little bit. So first and foremost, let's get the, the easy stuff out of the way, Mike. Um, Marvel Studios, the release slate on Disney+, Plus or for Disney+, Plus has been narrowed from five shows this year down to three, possibly four shows. Um, I was kind of getting that vibe anyway. We're getting to April, and we have no TV shows on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were, we were just talking about watching things and just trying to fit them in yep. and the ungodly amounts of content. Yeah. And it, I like... Who I mean, I would make time for five shows, right? But the I feel like the average person is just at once you get to like five shows a year, you're just gonna get lots of people that are just like, I'm not gonna watch that. I'll right. just go to the ones that come out in the movies. Yeah. You know, if anything is like really popping off on social media, maybe I'll yeah. give it a watch. And 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 that's okay to watch things that speak to you, right? Like you, you know, some people like, which was funny because I watched, I looked at the IMDb ratings for like the Marvel shows, like historically from Disney Plus, like. WandaVision, you know, crossboard great. Loki, crossboard great. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, just as high as those scores, Mike. Despite how we feel about those shows, like other people really resonated with those shows. It's great. But once you get to five, like you're 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 missing some of these shows. You're not watching them. You've got things to do. You've got ball games to go to. You've got video games to play. Um, but um, three shows, I think, at this point in the year, make more sense to me than trying to even get four out right now, right. Because if we start right now, we're a quarter of the way through the year. Next week, um, we'll have uh, we haven't even got to Secret Invasion. We know Loki and probably what was the other one that's coming out this year? We thought. Um, oh boy! It's not, it's not Echo. It's not not Agatha. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, we are illustrating a problem yeah. here, Chris. That yeah. it's hard to track. No, it was Echo. A lot of. The- and I wonder, though, also, like, what is the calculus here, right? Because these TV shows don't exist in a vacuum. They exist to create a successful streaming service, right? And a streaming service, like I've said before, the the minimum viable product for a streaming service is one single TV show, like, a month, right? <laughs> because yeah. all you have to do is just get them to renew the next month. But as you find out, the more you grow a streaming service, the more variety of content that you need. Because mm-hmm. if somebody just does not care about the Marvel Universe, you got to give them another reason to get Disney Plus, right? Yep. So that's kind of the balance that you're trying to strike. So if you're doing like five shows a year, you know, theoretically, like you're putting a lot of weight into that. And the majority of your subscribers are looking for Marvel uh, right. content and you're p- putting a lot of homework on their plate. So right. uh, we do know Disney is shifting and reorganizing and trying to space things out. And I, I appreciate the, yeah. uh, the, the, um, and- the spacing yeah and, and i think that goes from again um the the previous what uh, ceo was a person who's very much like we have to hit deadlines and do as much as we can compared to bob Iger's supposed to you know we want to tell a story model oh, so man. chris it sounds like you're trying to segue us into the next uh the yeah. next tidbit here yeah the next <laughs> bit is something that like i love a good i love a good 
online drama between a this multi-billion been, corporation. We, we, and have, a- we have been tracking this all week. And Chris, me and you both, we have yeah. been up and down. You can, we can, there is so much, um, there's just so much chaff in the air. Yeah. This is Metal Gear. Someone just throw the chaff grenade. Like the yeah. radar's going crazy. I have no idea what the yeah. truth is. Anymore. Every every time I get online, there's something new about this. And I'm like, holy hell, like, buckle up because this is going to be wild. But um, Victoria Alonso, for, uh, the president of physical, post-production, VFX, and animation at Marvel Studios, has exited the company. Um, at this point, we have learned exited means fired. Um, so yes. uh, uh, she's, she's been with the company for 17 years, like one of the originals, right, back with Kevin Feige mm-hmm. in like 2006, um, I think 2005, 2006. So she's been with the company for a very, very long time, worked her way up through that. Um, so... First, the the narrative that came out, and this is simply, I think, mostly people who just like to bitch about things or like trying to, to find correlation, was that, you know, she's a horrible person to work with and, um, you know, because she's in charge of VFX, she's the reason all these VFX companies, yeah. you know, are, are, are upset. The, yeah, there was rumors that she played favorites, that she ran it like a tyrant, and you yeah. know, these were all insider reports, right? Yeah, this is this is just this is just hour one of the fucking news dropping. <laughs> like people were like looking for something to chomp onto. Well, the second hour was like, you know, she is like literally a, a, a VP, like a, a senior VP of a studio company. Like she doesn't have the time to go down and do this shit, like in the weeds with companies, right? Like she's just signing off on shots and making sure you know business goes because how many we have we talked about how many projects are coming out every year for marvel mm-hmm. like she's overseeing all of these and i'm like that's a lot of work for one person alone so yeah when you're i don't think that, she's in the weeds that that low yeah also when you're at that level you're not really managing projects so much anymore as you're managing people right she's mm-hmm. managing like department heads that are in charge of these other multi uh like people departments and everything like that so like that's one thing that's been hard i think for people to envision too like how involved really is this person and when you're like a not like a ceo but when you're like an executive that pretty high up you're all high level strategy so i'm not necessarily saying those very first wave of insider reports are true or not but that's one thing to you know keep in mind that this person has a very wide breadth of things that they're in charge of yeah and so other people like well you know i've only heard she's pleasant to work with or like you know as a studio we've only had good times with her so i'm like okay whatever like this is just he said she said you know going off Mm -hmm. right there uh then later um, people were like, she has been let go because she broke a contract over um, working on a film at another studio. Um, the movie is called Argentina 1985. Um, I don't know which studio did this, but technically it's not it's not a Disney project. So she uh, was working with them, working on that to, to get the story out and everything done. And she's been on the press tours, been seen with the directors. I don't know what her exactly involvement is. But the rumor was she was fired over breach of contract working on a project that's not Disney while being a Disney so, executive. So this is this is kind of where I go, right? When the when the, when the story first broke, uh, right, uh, it felt like a firing to me because usually when a big executive like this leaves a big company, usually there's another story attached to it. Like, oh, they're leaving to go 
work for Sony or work for Amazon or they've taken a promotion like because that's, you know, usually attached to when a big executive leaves a company like you don't want to leave kind of with the next, you know, project in tow. So I was like, okay, well, that's not a good sign. Right. And then that's just how it was. The waters were just murky for a couple days. People slinging rumors around like crazy. And then it almost felt like Marvel was pressured to like, we have to put something else out there right because we can't yeah. just let these rumors just swirl because whether or not they're more positive towards Marvel since she was getting most of the blame still it's just like we have movies to put out we have you know shareholders and a board that are getting nervous that a lot of this internal strife is being published so this is just completely conspiratorial from my point of view right okay. so don't take this don't nobody at, take this at- as truth <laughs> After Mike gets up with his conspiracies, we'll go back to the latest news as of noon today. Eastern yes, time. awesome, because so. I, don't, I don't know what this is. To yeah. me, it sounds a little cooked up, right? Because it's not like any of this stuff was secret, it seems like. You know, she's out there doing press tours, being, like, photographed. Like, she obviously thought it was okay, and other people saw it as well, so... I don't I I guess maybe theoretically since she had been there for so long maybe she got like quote unquote too big for her britches and thought she could get away with it or maybe she was getting away with it and nobody cared but they needed kind of an excuse of just like oh well we want to fire her but now everyone thinks we're firing her just because maybe some of the of the textures on the last VFX shot look weird which is a weird excuse so let's just concoct an excuse you know it might technically be true but it's not the real reason i don't know that's just kind of where my head and vibe is at but obviously it's just all conjecture i like it's probably not true like we always say on this podcast usually the most obvious thing is the most truthful thing where yeah uh, it seemed to me the most obvious thing it just like the only controversy that has really been sw- swirling around Marvel in the last couple of years has just been the VFX and the industry at a whole is very, very stressed. So maybe it's time we just bring in somebody fresh and see where it goes. And maybe that was kind of uh, put across her plate and she really, really didn't like it and wasn't going to go quietly. And this is how it ended out. That, that's my realistic guess. But Chris, let, what is the most recent news? So- so as of last night, um, Victoria, um, her Alonzo's lawyer, has officially filed suit against Disney. Great. So in Marvel Studios, because um, there there are two things here. Uh, so they said that the, the idea that she was fired over a handful of press interviews relating to a personal passion project um, that that was nominated for Oscar is absolutely ridiculous. So they're saying that this whole extra project thing um rumor right that was on the mm-hmm. internet is is false but that she um had the courage to criticize disney um over the and this comes back to the uh, florida's don't say gay bill like she was very very much against that um mm-hmm. that does that, that so they said that she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible disney marvel made a poor decision that will have serious consequences so that is from alonzo's side I woke up, Disney had responded to this oh. <laughs> whole thing. So Disney's official statement is Victoria sharing a narrative that leaves out several key factors concerning her departure, including an indisputable breach of contract and a direct violation of company policy. So that, that, that was literally all they put, a couple sentences, right? That leads me to believe that there is more to this movie project she took on the side than we know about, right? She wasn't just a producer there's something else. Maybe maybe she's dereliction of duties, right? Maybe she's working on that movie so much she didn't do her job. I don't know. We, we, we really don't know. But I wouldn't say 
you know, the people who like who like because VFX are bad in the movie, that I don't think that affects the dollar signs and it's easy to point out and there is an uproar in the VFX community, but like when you're given you have to make eighteen movie or eighteen shows and like twenty movies a year for Marvel you're gonna have to you're gonna make some enemies along the way trying to get that stuff done so i don't think it's necessarily the effects vfx stuff is is leading this it sounds like an indisputable breach of contract and direct violation of company policy whatever vagaries those are 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 what is going to be coming but i don't think either of those point to bad vfx So I think the most interesting thing that could come out of all of this, and I'm going to do my best to remain neutral on this because I feel like we're not going to know the truth ever. Asterisks, because once things like legal suits are filed, if things end up going to trial, there's a little Uh thing called discovery where you get to like ask the, you you know, these things come out into the open and like, so that makes me think my, that things are probably going to get settled. <laughs> my my favorite thing about Discovery this past month is Sony trying to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision, Blizzard, and King. Mm-hmm. And literally learning so much about the insides of both of these huge video game companies. Um, and like how e- like each of them tried to make themselves look like they're just small, tiny, you know, independent <laughs> companies the whole time. But like literally like Sony got so busy trying to you know make up stuff right like hey because if if microsoft buys actors and they're gonna make call of duty buggier on the playstation and everyone's like that is the stupidest thing anyone's ever heard in in our (laughs) lives like you like you want a game to sell no matter what platform it's on right people are still spending their money but like i love a good lawyer legal discovery right like Mm -hmm. i i love this good stuff so hopefully maybe you know depending on what the charges are what it is it might go to at least maybe initial loss, initial trial, right along the way. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I don't know if this whole firing thing is like a strategic way of like maybe not paying some sort of like very lucrative, you know, executive severance or something like that. So maybe yeah. that's all Victoria is looking for is just looking for a payout. Uh, and yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, you know, cause she feels like she probably could have uh, earned that. But also, maybe at this point in time, uh, this like we said, this week of news has been crazy. Maybe she's like, no, no, no. Now I'm going to protect my reputation and my image. You know, I got yeah. plenty of money. I got my my house, my car. You know, I got everything that I need. Probably I'm getting residuals for years. And I'm getting residuals for years. Yeah, yeah ex- so, exactly. Yeah. So now it's just like I'm here to protect my image. I'm not just going to let them push me around and have this like tarnish my you know Wikipedia yeah. page or my whole career. So mm-hmm. uh, that could be where we're at now. It's, and if that is the motive, we might not be settling outside of court. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the interesting part is here, you know, um, when you, when you, when you've make made a claim and and it's so possibly off base that Disney has to say something, I you might they legally have to say something. They might be in the right because you know I assume they have really really good lawyers on retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm it like is- they might be having to say this because they're gonna have to fight that argument 
yeah. uh, in court. So <laughs> it is funny though because it, it makes me think back to the whole Scarlett Johansson uh, drama and how a lot of people laid blame on Chapek, you know, saying, "Oh, well, yeah. obviously it was all his fault," um, and yeah. you know, it could have been right, but this just goes to show you that never really matters who the CEO is. There's always going to be <laughs> drama at these big companies. Oh, yeah. And I don't feel bad for a multi-billion-dollar company and probably a billionaire as well, um, who who's just not making more billions of dollars every mm-hmm. year. I, I'm not losing sleep over any of these people. Um, so uh, either company or the people, but it's just interesting. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're what we call the shock headlines, right? The shock and all headlines, right? You, you got a hot take on something and somebody's, you know, removed from a company, whether we know it or not. The first thing they jump to is what was the, what's the thing I hate the most about, you know, the company right now, what were they in charge of VFX and animation? Like, yeah, the VFX aren't the best, but like, you know, I'm not really like, we're not, we're not talking, you know, Sharknado over here, Mike, right? Like, <laughs> like they are serviceable for what they are, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be interesting to watch this play out. And I fully expect more when we, we hop back on the, on the mic next week to see mm-hmm. how these, um, these people throw down in, in the news articles. Uh, you, you sent me this actually. Um, I, I honestly forgot, um, Indiana Jones was getting a Disney plus spinoff, a series, right? Uh, and it Apparently. was canned. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was canned. Uh, so uh, it's not getting one anymore. So we don't have to worry about this. But um, I, I that's fine, I guess, right? Like you know, I think Indy Five will be fine. I'm excited to watch it. You know, something I'm excited for in a very long time. Um, so, but like you know, no more young Indiana Jones Chronicles or any other show like that. So, um, sorry to hear it, but at the same time, you know, that's fine. Not everything needs a, a show on on Disney Plus, right? <laughs> that's true. The Flash movie has been rated PG-13 for partial nudity. Oh, yeah. Are we going to see Bat-Butt? Yeah, probably. Maybe maybe <laughs> Ezra Miller nude. I'm going to guess more him. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, we're, if we're getting the new version of the suit, maybe, that pops out of the ring, mm-hmm. I mean... You know, if you're gonna make that uh, live action, uh, you yeah. got to make it realistic, right? You've got I mean, it's not gotta... obviously it's not going over his real clothes. That would just be silly. Yeah, and and it's probably you know he, he's got to have a, an embarrassing incident that incites him to create the ring that does yeah. this. So I mean, uh, I mean Ezra Miller, uh, a firebrand at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't know which way that career is gonna go, but I, I'm sure he's got yeah. like a nice butt. So uh, we'll see. I, I like how we both just assume it's a dude's butt. It's, it's yeah. partial nudity. Well, I was gonna say the actually the, the more realistic thing is probably Supergirl because she's locked and chained in like that one like looks like a potato sack uh, when they when they oh, come get her out of the thing. Yeah, maybe. And so, I could. I'm, I'm already imagining like the fun, quirky, like you know they show like one tiny little bit of like a curve of of, yeah. of her butt, and then like Barry Allen's just like ooh, you know, maybe, yeah. like looking through his fingers or something, and then both Barry uh, Allens are doing yeah, that, and then Batman's like, no, be like be gentlemen, don't look yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's yeah, it's it's just a silhouette of something, but yeah, we'll find out more on this this <laughs> this June whenever it comes out. So um, yeah, lock lock up your your kids from seeing the Flash. <laughs> uh, as we predicted last weekend, uh, Zack Snyder announced a full circle theatrical screening of uh, his movies, DC EU movies, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. Oh so, my God! The the thank God. the mon- the minority of people that thought he was going to be doing like a new movie. Like I just wanted to shake them. Like this is, there's not going to be a dark side movie. What are you doing? He, they're not bringing him back. This is over. This is done yep. for, but people wanted to believe. So, um, we didn't link the, um, 
the poster in the show notes, but it's out there if you want to see it on Twitter. And it's just, it's hilarious because it is perfect encapsulation of Zack Snyder, this poster. It's like a, a Grecian god statue that has the Superman insignia on the chest. I don't believe the statue is Superman. It's just seems to be some sort of generic statue. And then in, in text it says, from one man's vision. And it's just like, that's the only way wow. that they can really like brand this whole thing of just like, this is truly Zack Snyder. And I, and I saw some people online, people have been like in discourse, you know, talking about Zack Snyder and the DCEU again, because this will never die. And I, I saw some good takes. And I think my favorite take of the internet from the past couple days was, the biggest failure of Zack Snyder's Justice League is that it was Zack Snyder's. Like, uh, the visual style, aesthetically, the story-wise, it was always going to be Snyder's vision, which is polarizing, right? So if you love Snyder, this is great, but how on earth do you spin up something the size and grandeur of Marvel off of a very specific vision like Zack Snyder? You know, if you go back and look at Phase 1 of Marvel, you know... You know, you could criticize it maybe for being, you know, relatively safe in vision, you know, but at least that gave them the runway to create something larger and then later on maybe get a little bit more distinct in certain films, right? But Zack Snyder went hard, deep, dark, and brutal right off the the beginning, and I don't know how you turn that into, like, a positive, hopeful, cheery, you know, Superman movie sequel, you know, later on down the line, so... That was my right, favorite yeah. take from the internet this week. Yeah, yeah. It, it always had an ending, and the ending was never, hey, here's some more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's like starting an endgame, Infinity War and endgame, and you're like, these are your characters, good luck along the way. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but apparently uh, this is for his SnyderCon, so this isn't something you can go and watch on your own. Uh, local, I might actually have to go to the SnyderCon, so... Um, Chris, talk, I don't know how to tell this to you, but I wasn't gonna go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know you weren't gonna go, but you know, for anyone who might want to go watch them in theaters, totally, totally. I talk about you know being so full of your own bullshit, you name a convention after yourself. So, <laughs> um, anyways, make them suffer uh, through a screening of Sucker Punch first, and yeah. see how many people are left by the time that movie's over. Yeah, the hard the people who bought the tickets. That's who. <laughs> Uh, moving on, a Gears of War movie and over at Netflix has gotten a writer with John Spates, uh, who wrote the most recent Dune movie and Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange movie. Um, I forgot this movie was being made, and I yep. extra double forgot that it was going to be a Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah, and he he triple remembered, but he should have forgotten that Dave Bautista was not cast yet. He just wants to be cast for this movie. Oh yeah, like because I don't. You <laughs> he just keeps wearing at, the just, outfit. <laughs> you just look at Dom, and you just the character from the game, and you're just like, that's Dave Bautista. Like mm-hmm. it's well, just he, like the per- perfect cast. Well, he he's he's doing more the Marcus, the Phoenix Marcus character, uh, the main one. So oh, who am I thinking of? Dom. Dom's his Dom's his buddy. It, yeah, his buddy. He's got the hair and the goatee, but oh, the main one's Marcus. That's why I'm thinking because I'm th- I'm. In, in imagining the main character saying Dom, and I'm just attributing yeah. it to him as his name. No, you're right. Uh, the coolest thing out of those games, because uh, I would say the, the story is interesting because, you know, it's these creatures coming up from underground trying to yes. take back the planet, or yep. I don't remember if they ever well, had it at some point yeah, in time. That, there, there's history that's unveiled later, right? There, there are five 
five is games it, and six games. Was it in, like an? Did they poison the center of the Earth and then it well, mutated well, if, them? I don't remember. If, it's not Earth. It's another planet called Sarah. Um, uh-huh. But the, there's the stuff that like it's ra- it's essentially like radioactive goo in the planet core. That like, hey, we can use this to power stuff. But they were like, hey, we you know it was mutating some of the like the local residents into these locust creatures yeah okay that's and then there's like a queen or something yep, in there yep, that's absolutely. like yep. organizing all of the mutants but i always thought the coolest part of it was like they had a super weapon called the hammer of dawn yes. which was just like this uh laser from space and like you only ever got to pick up this weapon like towards the end of like a game chapter or the end of like a really big level and then like yeah. you would just you would have to point it at this big thing running at you and it would like fire off like just in time and like obliterate. It's just really cool. So I'm, I'm hoping that's gotta, that's gotta be in the movie oh, or series. It, what is this? It, is this a movie or a series? It's a movie. Uh, okay. It's a movie. And, and I a hundred percent, you know, you know, it's, I, I don't want to lean to that. The rocks doom movie. Remember that when he did doom and they were like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, what, it's the BFG. What's the BFG? Well, it's a big fucking gun. Like, yeah, <laughs> we know what it is. Like we don't need to focus on the guns, but Yes, there are staples of Gears of War, right? The chainsaw gun mm-hmm. on every gun. Like you have, you have your chainsaw guns. You have the locusts popping out of locust holes in the grounds. They're the grenades that you spike in things and then they blow up, right? Like the weaponry. It's it's a shooter. It's a third person shooter. You have the folks sh- on the guns. The shotguns like feel like uh, a video game shotgun, right? Because I because yeah. I don't know much about guns, but I believe in real life shotguns actually have range to them. But in yeah. video games, they're uh, they're like an alternate version of a gun for a close combat type of thing. Yeah. And the shotgun is the most close combat gun in Gears of War that has ever existed, right? Like if you were, you just need to take like a half a step forward, then you could just like punch them. But the shotguns yeah. are just so impactful, like people's limbs fall off when you get I, that close exactly. to it. Exactly. <laughs> and you, you've got to have the blood and the guts and the gore, everything. So we'll mm. we'll see how they do with that. But like, yeah, the, there's a staples of Gears of War, and like the Hammer of Dawn is absolutely one of those one of those things you have to have, right? I 100 percent agree. So. Um, very excited to see what they do with this. I think John Spates is great. Dune was a great movie, right? Uh, First Doctor Strange, pretty solid. So I, I don't no concerns with him hopping on here. Lastly, I saw this uh, earlier today, and I want I wanted to see if you even know what this is. When I tell you Ninja <laughs> Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, uh, do you know what that is? So I, so I saw some headlines uh, circulating online a couple days ago, but I didn't look into them. But from like the from the brief look I saw, kind of seems like a type of thing of like, oh, when they make Batman a ninja or something, there's a storyline when what? they turn the turtles into a Ronins. But now that I'm talking about it, wasn't this the third TMNT movie? No, uh, no. Um, well, you're thinking, yeah, when they go to feudal Japan in, in, TM, in yeah. TMNT 3. So, The Last Ronin is a recent, in the past couple years, comic book series by the creators of the Ninja Turtles. Um, and is set in the future where there's um, three of the turtles have died in battle and there's only one left. And he's, going on, and he's going on a John Wick style fight to take down um, the villains of this, of this world. Dude, that's um, awesome. I mean, but- I don't even know how the story is uh, built, but I, now I'm just envisioning like one surviving turtle in a video game context because you could create one character that maybe has all of the turtles weapons, right? Yep. You know, these are my brother's weapons. I'm going to fight with them with honor. So maybe you level up different skill trees for different, like there's a sword, there's a bow staff, you know, you got close combat stuff with like nunchucks and size. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that could be, that could be sick. 
and and it's very you know futuristic these aren't teenage turtles anymore like these are like you know grizzled like battle war battle turtles in the future uh and it had you know it came out 2020 and last year late last year actually just wrapped up uh, the the uh lost years the last ronin the lost years book so there's a lot about this you know it's kind of keep going for the popularity of it and um what's cool about the story is they do not tell you who the turtle is you don't know who he is yeah i was i was actually just trying to determine that i was looking at some of the uh, image results for the title and it the turtle is either wearing like just like a dark kind of nondescript face like little band Yep. One of these covers it has a red one, but the thing is about turtles, if you go back to their origin, right, they weren't organized by color. They all had the exact same kind of eye band going on. So, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a fun narrative too, though, right? Like, you know, can you tell this whole story where you never actually say what the turtle is? But I would imagine for, you know, just narrative clarity and just an awesome ending, maybe at the end of the story you do get clarification. Well they they, they do is. they do reveal um pretty pretty early on, um not not the end who it is. Um but you know, it's just fun that you know, you go into this not knowing. Like you literally you know, don't look it up, don't Google it. Uh you go in not knowing who this is. Um and you can actually buy the NECA action figure. Um, you know, I was I, I was looking up and he actually um, contains all, like you mentioned, all of the all of the. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking. I, I'm looking at it right now, and it's funny. These image results kind of gives me all of the combinations. I've seen this last Ronin with a blue band, a red band, like a dark yeah. purple band. So yep. I guess it's whatever your yeah. imagination wants it to be until so, you actually go and read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be you know even if it's before um, it comes gets down to one turtle. You know, I, yeah, like video games set in the prequel era, right? Of of it, like you you have all four, but like you're more brutal. These are like this, more turtles who will kill could each be other. A, this could be a fun read. I'm gonna live yeah. in person, well, with my glasses on. I'm going on Amazon and I'm gonna add this to my uh, yeah. add this to my wish list. Oh, it looks like we have um, maybe a compendium, like a collection. Um, yeah, there's usually the trade, like a like a trade of it. I don't oh, know with the got, last. The Lost Years might have just ended. I don't know if it's out yet. They have a, a book one, so I don't know if this is exactly the whole thing. God, I don't want hardcover, though. I'm not a big hardcover guy. I'm more of a mm-hmm. soft cover. So maybe yeah. I need to look at the trades of these. Well, but I can I can take a look at Comic-Con next weekend, Mike, for you. And oh, yeah, you back. are going to be at one of those, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I can report back and let you know what I see. But I I, I thought, that, you know, knowing the Ninja Turtles fan, thinking of the video games, this would be fantastic. So um, that that's supposedly in the works rumored. So. All right. Adding um, this to my wish list as a reminder. Yep. Tur- it's, it, we're back to turtle news every week, folks. Buckle <laughs> up for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was going to – never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> so that's the show for this week, uh, folks. Hopefully uh, you have a good week. Uh, people know what you're up to, what you're doing. Mike, where can they find you at? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and – Maybe TikTok? I don't know. They might be banning that. It's so oh, funny. Yeah. Where just a couple weeks ago, I felt like we were trepidatious about saying our Twitter handles. But anyway, uh-huh. Mike Royer Design. Uh, you can look me up there. You can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find yeah. you? You can find me on Instagram, Baldan87, uh, or I, I, you know, Twitter, Baldan, V-A-L-D-A-N. But like, you know, what the best place to find us, Mike, is where? 
uh, IRL in Chicago, apparently, because well, that's well, where that's, you're going to be. That's uh, uh, but like but, like every week. You know, where are they going to Every week. Head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is what uh, is a website, kids. Before social media existed, people went yes. to websites, and the .com was actually one of the only domain names you could really have unless you were like a, a some sort of nonprofit organization or a yeah. governmental body or a school. Uh, it was .coms. And then yeah. biz came in, and everyone's like, I'm not falling for it. No one's going to use dot .biz. And to this dot, day, dot nobody co. uses dot .biz anymore. Yeah. If, if, if someone hands you a business card with dot .biz, do not do business with Don't them. hire them. Yes. Uh, SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like ours. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch, SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We love it when you reach out. Let us know what you're watching. Uh, what you're up to. We love hearing from our fans and we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe.